Yo ho, yo ho, a podcaster's life for me. <laughs> I thought we said that we weren't going to sing in every episode. Sean's going to be so mad. I Hey, I wasn't joking. We're going to sing our way through this uh, this entire so podcast <laughs> series. Um, welcome to Haywood's Take on Hollywood. I am Trevor, your co-host. And I'm Jake, your other co-host for today. You may have noticed the amount of bliss and relief you feel. It's because Sean is gone. <laughs> Sean is uh, off on vacation. So it's just me and Jake today. Sean went, went off to the Dominican Republic, which I believe is part guess, of... The, guess where that is? In the Caribbean. Caribbean? 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 No one says, I'm going to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't think they do, but I remember there being a big debate. But I think when we talk about the movie, almost everyone I've ever heard has said Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. We'll Absolutely. Get in, we'll get into that movie, of course, but, <laughs> but uh, Sean's gone, so we're going to be discussing with just the two of us, which is great because Jake is new. I know. Plus, his first episode had a little bit of glitching, so I think it's nice for you to have a a nice, you know, clean podcast episode. Yeah, with just the two of us. So. Just two of us. We just got done playing some Guitar Hero, but shredded. Jake is very good. I am good. Jake is very. It's good. the hand-eye coordination of playing the piano for twenty-three years. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, needless to say, that amped us up, so we're ready to roll. <laughs> um, let's get right into it. So. The two movies that we decide to talk about have between them eight movies in their respective franchises. So mm-hmm. lots of sequels, right? Pirates for better or for worse, right? And whether you believe that that is a good thing or not, sequels exist. We're in an industry in Hollywood where sequels are probably fifty percent or more of movies. I bet they make such a profit. If you look at a lot of the box office records, it's sequels. Yeah, I mean, and once again, for good or for bad. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to discuss some movies that do not yet have a sequel. Or maybe they do, but you want another sequel. Yeah. And so I had Jake come up with five movies that he felt he would enjoy a sequel of. I did the same. We asked Sean to do it in the Caribbean, but he's out gallivanting in the streets and the (laughs) beach. So we'll post his perhaps on Instagram. That'll be good. Um, Let's go one at a time, yeah? Yeah. Speaking of Guitar Hero, I'll go first. We discussed this movie last week. I did. I'm going to go into my first pick, School of Rock. Ooh, okay. That'd be sweet. I think, because here's the thing. You, you had his story of teaching the kids rock and roll, and it ends great. They put on a great show. I feel like they're still pretty young. I think it's too late for them maybe to make one now. Yeah, not with the same actors, at least. I think Jack Black could still be like... Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe he like has become a school teacher. Right. So I think... Well, because at the end of the movie, he's like teaching them. He has his own studio. He kind of does what you do, but with rock and roll. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, That'd be really cool to see him like coaching. Well, and he's just fantastic, and he has great songs. I mean, Tenacious D, he like actually is an artist. Yeah. Um, But I think everyone loved that movie. Jack Black is still incredible. We're going to see him as Bowser soon, which is a match <laughs> made in heaven. That's but Trevor's movie School highlight. Rock of sequel, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good one. Um, Sweet. It could be called High School of Rock or something. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Maybe they go on tour. Right. High School of Rock World Tour. It'd be awesome. That'd be sweet. <laughs> what do you got? Sweet. Okay. Mine, I'm going to go with the first one I want to mention is The Social Network. Okay. Now, I feel like there has been a lot that has happened in our world since 2010 right? or 2009. Was it 9 or 10? Whatever. When Social Network came out. And it was important back then. But like just the amount of difference that social media has played on our world and the politics involving Mark Zuckerberg, right. I think, could be really, really well, interesting. Well, and that's what I was going to ask. Is, is this going to be... Cause Social Network is based on his true story. Yeah. So are you going to continue his life or are you going to 
like I think we continue with his life, his story. Yeah, because I think we have we have enough material. Well, unlike it'd be like Social Network Two: The Rise of Instagram, <laughs> the rise of Meta, the rise of Meta. No, I think ominous. I think that'd be good. Interesting. If you get a good writer, interesting that you chose. I feel like it's hard to do any sequel about a true story. I don't even know if that even exists. Yeah. But it's just like we need to update that story well, because of how profoundly important There's more to the story. I mean, at the end of that movie, they share all those stats, and those are all 10 times the amount, if not 100. It is a world mover. You know, it, it influences elections and, you know, public opinion on pretty much anything. Right. No, I agree. I think it was a successful movie. Would you get – so Eisenberg's back – He's he's yeah Zuckerberg again yeah I think so and then maybe he's dealing with the uh, how hard his life must be as a billionaire yeah eat the rich yeah well I think that's interesting to go with a true story yeah. continuation yeah um you know I think I'm gonna go next we're gonna be talking about how to train your dragon it's a, a DreamWorks film I chose another DreamWorks film and that is Megamind. Oh, Megamind is perfect. It's so good. Like it, it's perfectly made for to set up any sequel. I think it's just it's a superhero movie. Those write themselves. I feel like as far as sequels and go, such a lovable character. Oh my gosh, Megamind is so good. It is in my top. I spoiler alert. I think I like it better than How to Train Your Dragon, just because I think it's funnier. Yeah, I, need I think to most it. people would object- objectively think it's a funnier movie. Yeah, it is whether funnier. it's better or not is you know a different story. But I think, I think yeah, Will Ferrell as Mega Megamind, he has a lot more to offer. I think the whole cast does, and I think everyone would be thrilled to see it. That's not one of those that you're like, oh great. Yeah, I like. I think everyone's like, oh shoot, that. I didn't even think about that. Megamind is back. Oh, that'd be perfect for like a character driven story. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I'm gonna go with one that. Uh, I don't know if you're going to have on your list because it's one of your favorite movies ever. What? Fantastic Mr. Fox. The sequel. Just imagine. I mean, you don't have to do a lot with these characters in order for it to be an interesting movie. Oh, man. I would be so nervous, though. I think he could do it. He's he's never even considered doing a sequel. I just don't know if he would even consider it. Because it would have to be him. It would have to be him. And it'd have to be the same voice cast. And the exact same like puppets and everything. Yeah. But, but I just think, you know, grow up. What's um, his name? Christopherson? No. Christopherson and Ash. Ash. Ash is the, the their son, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're growing up a little Holy bit. They're going cow. on heists. That gave me the chills. I know. I would. I'll be honest. I think at first I'd be like, No. But then if they pulled it off, think I, about I it. would literally cry if it was as good. But I agree. I think the characters and the world are very fun and could, you know, you could add in certainly another story. Easy. The story is not what propels that movie. Well, it's the writing. I agree. I Once again, I'd just be nervous, but I think that's a good pick. Ultimately, it's a good pick. High risk. It's just such, it's so near to my heart that I don't want to expose it. But even then, you know, Monst- do- Monsters University, right, is yeah. is not near as good as Monsters Inc. in my opinion, but it's still very fun. It doesn't take away. I don't think it takes away. Yeah. Which for it to not do that is impressive in its own right. I feel like that's kind of the bar you gotta have for Yeah, it's like if you're gonna give a sequel. a sequel, just don't take away from the first one. Yep. Right. Oh yeah, don't I hate when there's don't like, give me Ice Age or Don't give like, me Ice Age five like continental oh, drift. I like, don't need it. Two and three were okay. The first one, you know, anyway. Or need- Pirates of the Caribbean when right. you get to number four or number five. Right. So, yeah. Yep. I think – don't overmilk it, but, yeah, that could be interesting. Okay. What so, the, the next – so, we saw Top Gun Maverick, right? Um, a sequel from an 80s movie that everyone was worried about. Like, why are you yeah, touching – how could you pull it Once off? Once again, like, what are you doing messing with that IP? beloved that being said it they pulled it off so that gives me hope that that can happen again yeah. i'm choosing the goonies i don't know how you feel about the goonies when's the last time you even it's saw been them? it's been right 15 years but the cast is huge you got sean astin you got kehoi kwan you got thanos josh brolin you got like everyone i think would still be able to come back 
And I think The Goonies is an incredible, like, adventure film that I remember as a kid watching Ooh, and just feeling scary. genuine adventure. Yeah. And, like, then to come back as adults and, like, and, like, I don't want to do, like, a Ghostbusters afterlife thing where it's, like, little kid, like, their kids do the adventure. Are they, like, childish still? Like, because, you know, characters I think, would have to change I think a lot. they would still have their basic characters, right? They were all, none of them were children. They were all teenagers. Yeah. So I think I think most people keep a general same yeah, yeah that's true. like attitude yeah. as a teenager. They grow up. Yeah. But give give us a Goonies. So are we going like slapstick comedy? We're going exactly like adventure. an adventure mystery, just like the Goonies. Like give me like because Top Gun Maverick, it came back with kind of the same vein. It's just like awesome but inspiring and it's cool. like the original. But get this better oh yeah way better i think a lot of people would agree and i don't know if goonies 2 would be better but i think it could be as good and maybe it could be part of it is part of it is the the childish charm i'd be really interested to see it i would i would be interested too i think i think it'd be fun yeah so it would be fun give me the goonies for my third certainly would be worth watching do you have any that are from like 80s or older um no i think my oldest one is Wanna from the about... early 2000s. Okay, what's that? Uh, it's Leon the Professional. Oh, yeah. I almost put that too. That, I, I kind of stole it from Sean's Letterboxd review. Oh, okay. He put one of, he put his dream sequel is Matilda the Professional. Right. Um, I just think it's set up perfectly for a sequel that could be just as captivating and and just as like culturally relevant. Certainly. You know, I think you could really take a really awesome, like badass feminist take kill bill. Yeah. Well, so, and for those of you who don't know Leon, the professional Natalie Portman plays like a little girl in it who is kind of taken under the wing of a hitman who actually is a good guy, but kind of morally heart of gold. Anyway. So it'd be, I assume you mean Natalie Portman as an adult. Yes. Now. Yeah. Absolutely. Her name's Matilda. It only works. If that she's would be doing incredible. It. And I know that if Sean were here, that would have been like number one on his list, like you said. This is in honor so, of Sean. There you go, Sean. There you go. Matilda the professional would be a great name uh, too. Amazing. What do you got? Um so this next one, I know that you and Sean really like it too. And I think it's brilliant. It's arrival. I feel like that ended rather abruptly. Like you don't really know. It doesn't go too far into like what's going to, I don't know. I feel like maybe like there's some psychological stuff at the end that I don't want to give away. Yeah. People need to see that. movie. But I think it's a very interesting movie that could be a little, it could be tapped into more for more. I don't know. I think there's, I think there's more that could come out of it. I think. Hmm. I think it's a very contained movie, which I that's what I which I really like, and it's, and it's nerve wracking to try and uncontain or however you want to. Especially word it. given the framework of the story. No, I know. See, and I realize that. Um, and I don't know. Maybe even don't even have Amy. Adams. Amy Adams. Maybe it's a different a different story. Same same world universe. Right? Uh huh. Language. Same aliens who come. Yeah. yeah. I think. Even like I, you know, when we were you there when we watched Prey, or was were you no, not there? So I haven't that, seen Prey. So Prey, do you know what the premise? It's I like don't. So the alien, no, no, Predator, the movie Predator. Prey is a movie that just came out last year. Yeah. Um, but it's the same. Uh, it's the Predator showing up in Native America, like oh, like back. So it's like Native Ooh. Americans, and so I'm thinking maybe we do an Arrival movie. But it, he sh- they show up in like China or like South Korea or I don't know. Just give us like a completely different. Really interesting. Like give us like a completely different setting. I think it has setting. to be that. It cannot be the same character actually. No, I no, I agree because of what happened. Yeah. Which but, y'all need to see it. But I think it would be a delicious sequel if done right. Delightful. Okay. My next one is... Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Oh, yeah. I agree. Give me all I the content. love Marcel. He's such an amazing... Shell. Shell. <laughs> I was going to say character. And he is that as well. I just think um, there's so many nuggets of just like humanity and like what it is to be alive. 
and just pure love and it's like it just it brings you back to why you exist <laughs> it's just you know i, I think it's such a, a beautiful perspective well i think marcel the shell with shoes on could thrive in just about any media format format i think it could be in shorts which yep. it was originally as youtube videos yeah, that's why I, I think it could be a television show i think yeah. it could be a movie sequel i think i could even listen to maybe a podcast but even oh, still if it's just as good yeah marcel just giving like life so advice. give me all the marcel the shell content i fully agree i didn't Tap have to it. it i didn't have it listed but i wholeheartedly agree marcel Great, the shell with shoes on Make it, you know, make another one called Marcel the Shell with boots on and do like, he goes west. Fifle goes west. <laughs> um, so my last one is an action movie that is wild. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that was definitely on my short list. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. Once again, it's just an awesome world. There's so much to do with it. I think that, you know, the ending opens it up for possible scenarios. I don't want to give that away either. But I think Mad Max Fury Road. Give me another one. You know? Get this. Matter Max. Get this. Are they making one? 2024. Shut up. Furiosa. Starring Anya Taylor-Joy. Actually? Yeah. It's happening. It's on Letterboxd. Directed by George Miller. So do we have any of the other characters or is it just the same world? I think it's a prequel. Interesting. But it says right now that we have Chris Hemsworth slated for Immortan Joe. So it must be a prequel. Wow. Okay. Well, my wish was granted. There you go. I guess we should probably look up look up if any of these oh, are, I'm are happening. Certain that my next one is happening. Is happening. You're certain, or like you're certain in, in like you know it will in the future, but it you will. haven't seen that. It I haven't happen. seen that it will, but it sets itself up on purpose. I just. What is it? It's the Batman. Oh, it's gonna be a sequel. No, that's already yeah. That's yeah, already like been it's announced. Gonna be. Is it announced? Yeah. I mean, like the Batman like, Part Two. Perfect. Yeah. I very much look forward to it. 2025 is when it's slated. The Batman. So, you know, it's probably going to happen. For those of of you who don't know, the Batman is a man who dresses as a bat and fights crime nocturnally. For those of you who don't know, yes, this is a detective movie. And it's, I think, my favorite type of Batman story that you could tell. It's so unique. I mean, The Dark Knight is a masterpiece five-star movie i also give batman i think i give it at least four and a half the batman i gave it a four i also really enjoyed the mystery aspect it's not much of a like there's action and there's you know superhero fun but most of it is is detective well which is interesting because batman when it came out in the comics the comics were called detective comics yeah it was it was Batman was created to be in a movie like this. And I feel like in a world where we're so tired of sequels and like the over marvelization of cinema, uh, just all being a continuous, uh, continuous, continuous. Trying to sound. I'm trying to sound smart. Okay. Yeah, all right. I'm a film bro right now. People are listening. Um, Trying to create all this continuous world building. Right. Um, Right, like watching a movie just to see what happens in the post Because I feel scene. like I have to, yeah. so I can follow what's happening. No, Marvel, you know, you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain, to quote another Batman movie. The Dark Knight. I feel like, as I was saying, in a world of over-Marvelification, this type of detective story, where detective stories were made for serialization, this is a movie that I could watch a million sequels of because detective stories they're fun knives out a good mystery a real good mystery is just a heck of a time give me a million of them and i think humans in general have always loved storytelling in a mystery format the unknown trying to figure it out yeah it's like give me a million knives out mysteries give me a million the batmans with matt reeves give me a million marcel the shell mysteries any format. Marcel the Shell, Mystery of the Cracked Shell. <laughs> I want to choose your own adventure book featuring Marcel the Shell. Holy cow. Any format, I'm cow. telling you. Um, so that's all your five. Yep. That's all my five. So just a real rapid fire recap. I had School of Rock, Megamind, The Goonies, Arrival, Mad Max, Fury Road. I had Social Network, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Leon the Professional, 
Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and the Batman. So I'm looking forward to the Batman Part 2 and to Furiosa. The pre- Starring our girl. The, the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. On so you. I'm thrilled. Oh, I'm so excited. So, Jake, I have a question. Tell me. How do I train my dragon? <laughs> <laughs> you be a soft boy. That sounds... A soft boy, yeah. A soft boy. Right, soft boy. Yep. Um, what can we say about how to train your dragon that hasn't been said, really? Oh, my I goodness. Think, you know, I'll be honest. Going into this, I had how to train your dragon pretty low on my DreamWorks list. Yeah. Um, it's still not in, in my in my top five. I think that's, Top five? No. I think that's incredibly high competition you are right. a shrek diehard i'm a shrek diehard i'm a kung fu panda diehard me too megamind madagascar um prince of egypt like it's hard that's it's tough. tough competition you're right um that being said how to train your dragon it fits right in with the greats i really think it does absolutely um one thing i loved about how to train your dragon that i remember criticizing it for but I now realize it's a strength of the first movie. Yeah. Is the simplicity of the of the film. Of the plot. Of the plot. I think in the second and third it gets a little convoluted and, and a little, you know, dives a little too deep. I don't know. I felt like the first one, there's like one plot, really, the whole time. And it's simple and it's beautiful. It's well edited. Yes. Short run time. But, it's 98 minutes. Right. Um, Perfect. But I love the simplicity of How to Train Your Dragon. I love the simplicity of how to train your dragon too. And it finds moments still to just live in the moment and just, it's really surprising to me that this animation holds up. Me too. Um, But it really does. I think it's, you know, there are moments where it's clearly not as good of animation as it got in future sequels um, when we get daddy hiccup, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh my goodness. By number three, I'm like, not daddy hiccup. Okay, how do you feel about his voice by Jay Baruchel? I feel, by today's standards, we might look at it like it's trying to be hashtag relatable. Right. You know what I mean? But I think it. I think it's vulnerable and squeaky and it's hiccup. I think that is central to his character is his voice acting. Right. I, I'll be honest. I kind of like wanted to punch his face at the beginning because of his voice. That's good. But yeah, I then realized, oh yeah, that's like what they're going for. And Jay Baruchel is really funny. He's like in a lot of raunchy comedies, which I didn't even realize. Like he's in like This Is the End, and he's Tropic Thunder. Yeah, like he's he's actually really funny. But yeah. um, I don't know anything about him. But yeah, I think I think his voice acting is central to the to the whole character and vulnerability. Right, and I I will say this. I think. You know, when you look, I don't want to keep comparing it to DreamWorks movies, but it's kind of hard to not. And I'm sorry. It is a DreamWorks movie. Um, But I feel like the voice talent is maybe one of the, the lacking areas. I think he does good, but everyone else. Gerard Butler. Like, I think it's great. But like, if you look at Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. Craig Ferguson, America Ferreira, Jonah Hill. I mean, it did have Jonah Hill and it had McLovin in it from Superbad. What's his name? Uh, the nerdy guy. Let me let me see that cast list. Um, it had Christopher Mintz Plus. Um, he's McLovin in Superbad. Have you seen Superbad? I think I started it one it's night. It's practically the same plot as How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> if no. you liked How to Train Your Dragon, you would love you'll Superbad. love Superbad. No, um, but okay. So we'll talk about the different relationships, I think, in this movie. But the first one I want to talk about is one that I didn't like. Okay. And that's with him and Astrid. Yeah. Here's the thing. Forced? Forced. And also, Astrid's kind of a bandwagon. Yeah. Sorry, ho. Oh. I think Astrid never truly cared for Hiccup. Like, she was jerky to him his whole life. She was so rude. Yeah. And then he... He trains a dragon, which admittedly is awesome. But all of a sudden, she's like, fake oh, fan. she's like all of a sudden on board. No, I'm not. I'm saying fake fan for her. No, yeah, she's a fake, she's fan. A fake fan. 
I think that that's a really good critique. I, th- I didn't think about I it. I think he can do better than Astrid. Granted, he's on like a small island where there's very slim pickings. She's a pretty, she's pretty badass. She's she, like, right. I agree with that. He kind of needs her <laughs> to protect him. But no, he doesn't because <laughs> no. I'm going to, you know, anyway, I'm not team Astrid. I think Hiccup can do better. Yeah. Because I don't think I think she's very cool. Like if if she was all the they things... could have developed that a lot better. I, I agree actually. If we would have seen some more connection from them earlier on in the film, where she's rooting for him. Yeah, I just felt like she was super rude to him, and then she like sneaks in and finds out he's training a dragon, and she's still rude to him. And then like when everyone else starts respecting him for being able to train the dragons during like the montage of like him passing the tests and stuff, that's when she's like. Oh, okay, but here's here's what we're forgetting. We're absolutely forgetting something. What? The flight. It's the most romantic flight. I it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's romantic. I think for any two people, it's romantic. Wait, romantic flight is the name of the track. Is it actually? It's called romantic flight. Here's the thing. I think it's romantic. Literally, like me and some stranger woman, if we were flying on on the dragon. And experiencing that, like, it'd be like, oh, wow, this is such a beautiful moment. It's not because it's those two. The moment's awesome. I don't know. I'm not trying to pick no, this I think, apart. No, I think that's, a, I I think that's think, a fair critique. I think Hiccup is great, and he can do better than Astrid. Yeah. Well, Astrid's awesome. I just think they, they could have written a better connection right. between them. Okay, yeah. Maybe he couldn't do better than Astrid as far as, like, I don't think she's trash. I just don't believe that she cares for him. In a way that he deserves. It happened a little fast. I agree. That's what you get in a 98-minute film, I guess. But that's not where you But then Fiona and Shrek... Yeah, that's true. And it's not where you should edit. I totally agree. So I think if I were to make a note, make Astrid more believably fall in love with him, and vice versa. I don't think... I think he's just going with her because of default. Yeah. Which... Woman. Which I'm sure throughout... Given options. throughout Throughout history, that's... You know, I'm certainly if you're on a small island, you're going to have to kind of settle for someone. Maybe it's what you do. It's what you do. So maybe it is accurate. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, they're just going for historical accuracy <laughs> yeah. and how to train your yeah, dragon. Well, here's OK. Let me uh, we dove in with a critique, but let me talk about some of my favorite things. And about I, that's why I wanted to do it first. Yeah. So that we could then gush about them because I actually don't have a lot of uh, critique. That um, was my main one. The world building. That is a prime example of of really solid world building. I want, uh, I think the top review on Letterboxd said, I want this to be my autobiography, (laughs) (laughs) which that's one of the best parts of Letterboxd is the comment section. It's just people are funny. Um, And that might just be because it's someone I follow. But, um, you know, I, I really think that the world building is an essential part of establishing a series that people actually want to spend time in. I agree. And they talk about different types of dragons and, you know, the lore, the lore is so rich and so like intriguing. It doesn't even have to give you a lot. And I I think it's also like, you think of all the different magical world moments throughout cinema history or like just, you know, books like Harry Potter. There's the moment where like he walks in, you know, to Hogwarts the first time. Yeah. Or there's like Lord of the Rings when they arrive at Rivendell and stuff. And then this one, I feel like the flight that you were talking about where they, oh. well, even just the his first, first flight. yeah, his first flight, not with Astrid. Yeah. But his first successful oh. flight with, um, toothless, with toothless. There's just one of those magical moments where you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like if I were to do a video montage of all of like those moments of movie history, that would be on there. Oh, absolutely. Like you see him reaching out his hand over and over, keeping on trying to connect with Toothless. Right. And Toothless is not open to it. Oh, yeah. And then finally you see that connection form. Well, that relationship is the bread and butter of this movie. It's so good. I Well, I love it because Toothless is a cat. Right, agreed. They they modeled Toothless after the attitude and and you know attributes. I actually of a cat. I read that uh, immediately following the release of this movie in animal shelters, there was an uptake in black cats named Toothless. Oh my god, which is perfect. <laughs> of course, I want a black cat named Toothless. I don't care if I'm basic. Right. Well, and I think it just is a perfect example of the pure love and true relationship you can have with a pet. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of people 
think of their pets that they've had in the past or currently have. Mm-hmm. And I think Toothless, you know, he starts out so guarded and rightfully so. Yeah. Right. He just got a freaking tail fin ripped off and he was he was trapped in a net and he's been kind of living his whole life just to survive. You know, you got the spoiler alert, you got the giant dragon who yeah. needs his his feed. And so obviously Toothless is going to be guarded and not just like super chill to walk up oh. to a human who's been trying to kill him his whole yep. life. Yeah, I, it's like, oh, and talk about um, character design. You look at the different faces that you're able to see in Toothless. Like, he looks really scary. Like, they do a really good job of making him look horrifying. And then one second later, he's making a goofy cat face. And I just, I think it's such a, a it's such a example of how good character design can carry visual storytelling so far he doesn't say a word no and i love that too they oh, could have goodness. made a version where they talk and <laughs> oh my gosh no been the same. and yeah please no but like but we know how he's feeling the whole time well and i love how his name is toothless right he has teeth that can retract and i feel like to call him toothless is kind of to symbolize like that's who he really is is like he's not living to show his fangs and to attack like his true self when he's comfortable and safe is is toothless, right? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Which I think is very fun and I think it's a great name for for toothless. I agree. Um I think that you know, I love how they kind of show the change in how the people view dragons. Yeah. I feel like, you know, once again you can see both sides. Yep. Like if you have a, a small island where you're trying to farm and raise livestock. And keep and, food and right. keep everyone And then fed. these dragons come and destroy everything. And, yep. and they, you you know, you notice they aren't out to kill people, but they're grabbing like livestock and food. You have to get rid of them. Of course they're going to want to kill them. Yep. For centuries. Yep. Right? And I so I think it's good that like they're all justified in that. Yeah. They're not just like evil people that want to go kill for sport. No. And like especially his dad. Yeah. Right. So you got his dad, who's the macho man, who's the dragon slayer. They have all the, you know, many tales of his grave. Wait, this is my autobiography. No, but <laughs> dad, dad isn't killing any dragons. I know. I mean, he's a big deal in Hurricane. But, but he's like, I feel like his dad is just the personification of the view of the island, right? And he's just the person who he's trying to please the whole time. Yeah. And yet... You know, he just can't for a long time, right? Yeah, because who he is is not satisfactory to his society. Right. Well, and I think another interesting thing, and it kind of makes a joke about it, but then it turns into something actually like sentimental, is when the the one Viking guy who's old, who's kind of funny, who helped mm-hmm. him train, who has like the claw, um, he kind of is like, hiccup, you know, you need to learn to change this. And then he gestures to all of him. <laughs> and then he gestured to all of me. Yeah, he's like, you just gestured to all of me. And then, you know, which is funny. Right? Right. Oh, it's funny. He wants him to change all of him. But then at the end, he says, I have it written down. Oh, read it. The dad says, right? Right. Turns out all we needed was a little more of this. To which Hiccup says, you just gestured to all of me. And I was like. Like, did you get misty-eyed? A little bit at that part. <laughs> yeah, and I I felt like that that is probably, to me, the best line in the movie. Is Absolutely. Just, you just gestured to all of me, but that time he's saying he's Who accepted you are. all of you, right? Who and, you are. And we've heard beautiful. that story a lot of times. Like, the nerdy guy who likes to invent things and does things differently. Yeah. Like, that's a bug's life. You got Flick, yeah. who's like that exact thing. You got, like, Atlantis, Milo. Like there, But I think it's a great character because I think... You know, that that uh, those people for years and years have been made fun of, like the critical thinkers who try to, you know, think yeah. like work smarter, not harder type people. Yeah. Um, but there's there's what I mean, they spark innovation and invention and those yeah. type of people are crucial. And I look at Hiccup and I don't necessarily think of the, the inventor type or like the, the academic type. What I see is like 
just a, like I said, a soft boy. He has a big heart and he doesn't want to hurt people. Oh, well, not people or dragons or people. <laughs> um, he's just like this harmless um, guy. And that's viewed as weak in, in his culture. And it ends up being his strength. He's able to build connections because of that, that um, just really kind, um, understanding, empathetic nature that he's got. It, it transformed his entire community. Well, I don't. I almost think it's like a a family kid friendly version of like what happens in gangs and stuff in inner cities, where it's like you have to kill this guy to join our gang. Yeah, like super dark themes, where it's like freak, like yeah, you, you have know, to do this in, in front of your this community. horrible thing in front of your community in order to prove yourself worthy. And I thought that was a great way of telling that story in a way that's not like violent. Yeah, and so yeah, I love the different creature design oh. of this movie. The dragons are so cool. They have such good stuff to work with. Well, it's very reminiscent of Pokemon to me. Yeah. And I feel like that's always been something I've enjoyed. Like I've played spore creatures growing up. Yeah. Or like any creature creating, I would always make up creatures drawing in church. Yeah. Whatever it may be. So these dragons, they knocked it out of the park. And you create stats. I love his stats friend that's just like d and ing it. Yeah. And he's just like going out and listing that. Well, and then Hiccup uses all of their strengths in that final battle. Like yeah. he has that nerdy dude oh, like so assess the giant creature yeah. and like say, you know. And then like the other two are like good at being idiots and making a ruckus. So he's like, go do that. <laughs> go be idiots. And Astrid's just like queen. Astrid's, sure, yeah. She's, she's the strongest. She's balling. I will give her that. As much it's as cool. I've, as she's much the, as I've hated on Astrid, like she goes hard. She goes hard. She's the strongest, and I love that she, it's a woman that's the strong one. Yeah, she's certainly the most capable in in that combat, other than like the dad. Yeah, she would have been the one to win. Well, Toothless, of course. But. Yeah, well, Toothless is the best. We need to talk about um, something that helped us select this movie. Um, oh yeah, and that is the score. This score is just absolutely stunning. This was one of my um, ex's favorite scores, so he would listen to it frequently, and he uh, showed me um, a lot of this music. Do you have a favorite song? Like, Is there a main theme that we could have the audience look up? I think the favorite one is um, Test Drive. I think that is. That's what I was thinking, too. I, I remember this song when he first rides Toothless. Yeah, I was like, I think Test this Drive. is like the big seller. And then the second one is Romantic Flight. They have almost the same amount of listens on Spotify. So right. I would recommend both. Look those two up. I don't think we can play a clip on our podcast because of copyright, but the score is incredible. It's so good. It's by John Powell. What else has he done? He did Kung Fu Panda, oh, okay. which is also a very so underrated good. score. Um, I believe he did Shrek. Which is also dun, as well. Dun, 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 um, dun, dun, dun. Let's see. I pulled it up right here. He did um, Ant. The Move. Road to El Dorado, Chicken Run, Shrek, Robots. He's going hard on the second on through fourth Ice Age, Happy Feet, uh, Horton Hears a Who, the first two Kung Fu Panda films, Bolt, How to Train Your Dragon, Mars Needs Moms, the Rio films, Lorax and Ferdinand. He Lorax, he yeah, Lorax is a banger soundtrack. Listen and score. He is very underrated. Name like an animated movie where there's a score and not characters singing, and like that's probably what he worked on. He's he's really amazing, and it, it's kind of crazy to me that I haven't heard of his name. Um, but I just I think repeat his name again. John Powell. Yeah, I had never heard it either. Right. Interesting. Um, and he just wrote a, a magnificent score. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? With no, this I think that's a great segue. So we want to talk about, we talked about scores last with How to Train Your Dragon. Let's start off our next movie with the score. Oh my goodness. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, it's so good. Like, oh man. I'm hyped. I think that score is among probably top three of all time for me. For a musical score of a movie, I mean, it hits you so hard. Like, if there's some kid who learns this on the piano, like they're the coolest person in, the, oh my in their life as at that a, moment. As a like choir kid, like theater kid nerd, like in a lot of the places I go, there's always a piano, and this is one of the go-to like show off. I play the piano, and so you walk in, and there's just a bunch of like nerdy kids playing Pirates of the Caribbean, and they feel like they're the coolest person in the world, and which they should, the, which they are. They are in that moment. 
they are the coolest. Yeah, I think this the soundtrack, the the score to Pirates of the Caribbean, is just outstanding. Who did that one? The Goat, right? One of them. So Hans Zimmer yeah. was originally asked to um, write for Pirates. Okay. Um, I think he was busy working on something else. Yeah. And so what happened is he had one of like his proteges. Interesting. Um, yeah, really kind of lead the charge and gets the credit. It's Klaus uh B- Badelt, Badelt, Badelt. Klaus Badelt. And um so I he know, like recommended him. He's like I can't do it, but this guy should. And it was the same studio. Now I know that Hans Zimmer ghost wrote a lot of this. If you listen to the main theme of Pirates and the main theme of Gladiator, they're so similar. So ghostwriting, he just worked on it but didn't get credited. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like it was Hans Zimmer's people that were working on this. Um, and Klaus Bedelt gets the, the credit for it. And he he did a great job. It probably means he did the brunt of the composing. Um, but I also know that this this movie in general was fraught with like so many delays and issues with the studio producing it because uh Disney felt that they had been burned. Um, from, from making movies based on theme park attractions because the failure <laughs> of country bears. Are you serious? So they almost didn't continue with this. This almost stopped. That's because country bears. It's not good IP. It's not good IP. That's what I was going to say. And it's also horrifying. And actually it's great for a laugh. If you want to watch country bears, me and my friend Casey watched country bears. It's a fever dream. It's horrifying. <laughs> It was well, and it's it, furry craziness. <laughs> it did not do well of at the box it office. Didn't. No, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean. That's so funny that that almost caused Pirates. It to almost stop. stopped it from being exi- from existing. And um, I know that there were a lot of rewrites that were happening. And um, it, initially, they even asked um, Alan Silvestri. He's like a really famous uh, composer. He did um, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Castaway, Polar Express. He's done a lot. Um, Predator Abyss. Yeah, there's so many. I could just list. Uh, oh, and his most famous one being the Avengers. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he's one of the goats for sure. But he <laughs> left. He left the uh, creation of Pirates due to creative differences um, with the music. Yeah. Well, he was. I bet he was wrong. That's. I will say. I that. don't think it was him. I bet he was fired um, by Jerry Bruckheimer, who was the producer. Um. Oh, okay. I think they were really so. I've done a lot of like reading yeah, about this crap. movie. Yeah, it's super interesting just to, Jake to get learn. his homework. I did well. It's it's really interesting to learn about the making of this movie. Right. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer um, was told over and over by Disney executives that they needed to make something different from the traditional pirates movie. That those were made in like the 30s and 40s and 50s, and there was like a real golden age of pirates movies. And since then, there had not been the a treasure island type stuff, Blackbeard, whatever. Yeah, there had not been commercially successful pirate films, really. Well, and I don't think anyone can possibly argue that this is like the pirate, the pirate movie. movie. Yeah, and it's so funny because probably I'm guessing I'm filling in so many blanks that are probably totally inaccurate. But the story I tell myself is that Sylvester was probably going after creating a traditional pirate sound like right. you hear on the ride. And that was in the, the classic swash buckling swashbuckling. Yeah. Is that a term? It's the word. Those movies from like the thirties, forties and fifties. And my guess is that, that Bruckheimer was like, Hey, we need to go for something totally different, which they mastered. And it was incredible. And now we get boom, boom, dum, 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 dum. What do you, what scene do you imagine when you hear that theme? Is there any, I, I actually just imagine Jack Sparrow pulling into the dock at the beginning yeah. where like the, <laughs> the boat is falling. But I also think of like when they're on the battling ships and it's just chaos. Like it plays. Does it, it play when he's fighting Will? Like at the, at the beginning, like I just hear the sword like in the blacksmith because they, they timed the sword hits with the, the oh, music. I don't know if it's that specific. I don't know if it's that song, but this is it's just well, a rock star so and talk about world building holy cow um, like we needed a pirate it movie. makes kids want to dress up like a pirate man we have like we have toys when we're kids yeah we well, have robots and gi joes and, and we, pirates and we did have a very beloved 
ride at Disneyland. Yeah. They crushed that ride. Yeah. It still, to this day, holds yeah. up. They barely changed it at all. And everyone, there's always a big line. It's incredible. It's so good. It smells good. And it's everyone <laughs> who's been to Disneyland remembers the smell oh, of, of pirates. But I think, I think the world building is so good. Yeah. I think that the whole curse, the story of the curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. And, and I mean, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Without him, this movie is, they almost, so they had Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) All right, all right. Matthew McConaughey was slated to do it. And then Christopher Walken. I'm a pirate. Uh, Robert De Niro. Keep on going. I'm going to make you a pirate. You can refuse. Okay, but this is actually written. um, It was actually written by the same guys who wrote Shrek. And Aladdin yeah, and is. Road to El Dorado. Yeah. <laughs> your your people. Riders, they baby. wrote it for Hugh Jackman, hence Jack Sparrow. Really? Yeah, it was written for Hugh Jackman before they you know, went through a bunch of changes. Johnny Depp wasn't considered a bookable star of a movie. He had done like Edward Scissorhands. And... Yeah, he was like a cult fan, like cult classic kind of guy. Well, I know. Okay. I mean, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow is one of the most entertaining and and just draws your attention, steal the show characters that exist in all of like adventure film, even film. Yeah, he makes this movie's whole vibe. Well, his writing is great. The way he plays it is great. I also love one thing I noted in my notes is I love his moral compass. Okay, so they chose compass. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> no, but think about it, okay? I think one very, very crucial attribute to Captain Jack Sparrow is that you want him to succeed, but you want him to feel like he's a pirate. If he's not yeah. dishonest and like and like stealing little coins here and there and like just, you know, he's a pirate. Like you're not yeah. going to change that. Yeah. But at the same time, He's not going to, like, kill a child. He's not just, like, a bad person. No. Like, he'll kill, like, a, another pirate or whatever. But he's got a moral compass. And he's generally, like, he's a good person. Yeah. Which, you know. And yet. People he... aren't just black and white. Right. Like, but he's such a dishonest, like, dirty pirate. He's very self-serving. Self-serving, certainly. That's probably one of his biggest and yet, And yet, at the end of the day, like... He rescues... He's a good man. He rescues Elizabeth Swan at the beginning. Right. When everyone else just looks around, yep. including the guy who he was... Who, who was just proposing <laughs> yeah. to Elizabeth Swan. Oh, my goodness. So, I think that was a brilliant choice they made. They They made his character perfect in that regard. And I think... I think that's what makes him believable as a pirate and yet a lovable protagonist. 100% agreed. I'm so glad that when they saw the the weird stuff that Johnny Depp was wanting to do with this character, they leaned in. And there were a lot of Disney executives that didn't want to. He's dripping in charisma. But like, he was like, I'm going to do it my way or I'm not going to do it. And they decided to keep him on board. And just the way he moves his body, like his, <sighs> his acting with like his physicality and his, his slur and his speech. And just the way he he really is a commanding character. Yeah. Like he, he controls a room. When, he, when they were doing early work, um, some of the Disney people were watching. And they were like, is he drunk or gay? <laughs> is right. what they were saying. He's wearing all this eyeliner. Uh, Johnny Depp was like, I'm going to do it my way. He had such a vision. Like usually we talk about the directors and I'm sure the directors had vision, but like Bruckheimer and Johnny Depp had vision right. and, and Johnny Depp was going to do it his way. He said that he, he modeled his self after Keith Richards, the rock what star. The yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just this perfect, like wobbling guy with like eye makeup and, and well, they leaned in. I think Gore, Gore Verbinski, um, he did a great job and he loved he loved Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like you can see that he allowed him to blow us out of the water. But like I think he got a best actor nom. I think well, Johnny Depp did. And I mean the quotes. Let me just read off a few. First of all, why is the rum gone? Oh, so good. And like if you haven't seen the the remix trap remix of Why Is the Rum Gone, look that up. <laughs> it's a um, classic in the Haywood home. And then you've got um, you know, that one dumb guy who 
who is like the head of the Navy or whatever. Oh, he's yeah. like, you are without a doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of. Oh, it's so good. Wait, that was a pretty good Johnny Depp. When he says. You did a good Johnny Depp. <laughs> when he says, but you have heard of me. It's like so good. And then, of course, when he goes away, he, he's won. He's escaped from his captors. And he says, this is the day you will always remember as the day you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, it's so good. And it's just like, th- this man is incredible he's iconic the line delivery both adults and children love him oh he's he's, he's crushed he is it. this movie right he, he and and that being said he's got some great supporting cast he does let me read you my review on letterboxd of this movie <laughs> which is very important I, I read this actually oh you already have but that's fine <laughs> i i need i need you to tell the others um, it's something along the lines of, has anyone ever been as hot as Orlando Bloom playing Will Turner in 2003? <laughs> and I will say that this was definitely a sexual awakening for me. <laughs> and for me with Elizabeth with Swan. Kira Knightley. She's I think stunning. Whether you like men or women or whatever, you this are. This is a bisexual you're gonna find, heaven. You're going to find someone in this movie who you're, who you're into. For me, certainly, um, Kira Knightley was a babe. And Orlando, Orlando Bloom, Bloom. Is, like he's, he's a good-looking man who is swashbuckling and great. Oh, and and it's just it was almost um, it was it was between him and Heath Ledger, which actually would have been perfect too. Jeez, you really looked up the casting. I did. I, I'm always interested in casting. Yeah, that artists. is interesting. Heath Ledger would have been good, but Orlando Bloom did great. You and know, movies used to have Orlando Bloom in them. Yeah. What, what is he doing? He's movies married used to, to have Katy Wayne Perry. Knight, yeah, that's what know? that's what he's doing. Katy Perrying. Um. Yeah, I feel like Orlando Bloom can make a comeback as kind of an older actor. He's not old, that. old, but he's you know middle aged. Yeah, I'd be interested. Uh, what what I really love about his character is, and why I think the original is by far the best Pirates movie. You look at his character and Elizabeth's character, and how much they change over the the course of the movie. Right. It's, that's what makes well, a good movie. They hate Captain Jack Sparrow at first. They hate pirates in general at first. Yep. Well, no, she kind of likes right. them. She she's into pirates. Let's yeah, <laughs> she has which is like awesome. a little thing. Yeah, I love her character in Me this too. movie. Yeah, she played it great. And then I feel like the characters stay the same after this movie through the end of the series. I say yes and no. They dive more into piracy, especially um, I think Will Turner. That's true. He gets way more like they become very close to Jack Sparrow. You wouldn't steal a car. Sorry, you said piracy. <laughs> oh, piracy is not. A victimless <laughs> crime, Kevin. Um, anyway, I think that uh, I think that you know Barbosa did great too. Um, oh yeah, he's I a little forget. genius. I, let me look at look him up because he deserves a shout out. Geoffrey Rush. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush. He's he's a big deal. Well, when he, the, I think his big line of the movie is, "You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner." You're in, in one. one. Oh, that is a bone chilling line. No pun intended. He's so good. Well, they cast. Sorry, more casting. More casting from Jake. I heard that he was <laughs> originally cast uh, because they said that he would just do a good job of doing pure evil and just like not trying to like give it all this like character stuff. He's just he's this <laughs> evil guy. And it's funny because actually he does have like a great background and he doesn't, he's not just evil. And like, is he the good guy? He's just trying to like take care of a curse. Well, yeah. So, and you got to admit, you know, people think of mortality, immortality is this beautiful gift that everyone's trying to get. And then when they have it, all they want to do is die. Yeah. Because can you imagine living forever on earth? Just like, oof, like, and well, and like they say, like they can't eat or drink, like, like none of none of like the things that make you human. Earthly pleasures. They can't feel the wind on their face. They're like the touch of a woman. Like right. any of that. And so no wonder they want to lift that curse. So their intentions are low key, like understandable the whole time. I wholeheartedly fact, very agree. understandable. But you know, are they willing to do bad things to get that done? Certainly. They're pirates. Kill people. They're pirates. They plunder. Yeah. They're you know. This movie was nominated. For best actor, which is crazy coming from an IP movie, nuts. But like they recognized it, uh, makeup, sound mixing, sound editing, visual effects. Do you know what it was not nominated for? Best picture. Best picture. Score. Are you serious? It wasn't even nominated. I know that that's is a tough one break. of the bigger snubs I've ever ever. Heard. 
ever heard. Yeah, I I totally agree. It wasn't even nominated. That's a so. Um, the score is certainly not one of these. But do you have any qualms with the movie? My qualms is that they didn't use Zoe Saldana enough. She has one line. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew she's in this too? I know. She's in. She's I was like, in, hi. She's. Oh, uh, hi. I'm in the Avengers franchise and the Avatar franchise. Oh, I'll take some Pirates of the Caribbean too. Oh, what's that? Star Trek? Yes, please. She's in everything. Everything. Her. So shout out to royalties. Her. Um, I have little to no qualms. Honestly, I think if anything, I do have some qualms of the sequels. Although I really enjoy and am entertained by the second and third. I think two and three are are pretty. I think decent. if they would have kept it a crisp three movies, then it would have been like a near, just a great trilogy, right? It would have um, been a great trilogy. But yeah, you know, I think I have very few qualms. I have none written down. Well, I have so some. If you have one. Mine is pretty glaring. Um, for me, it the movie is a little bit too long and back and forth between big set pieces for my taste. Here's the thing. I want the big set pieces. I want the action sequences. I felt like the, the storyline could have been a little bit more streamlined. If you asked me right now to give you a synopsis of the movie, it would be really convoluted. And I don't know if I could give you a straightforward synopsis. I think I could. Maybe it's just my brain. I think there's some parts that are drawn out more than others. My my devil's advocate to that would be that if you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. Like Save take, that for the sequels. I think take ten minutes on your epic ship battle. Oh, I agree I with that. I think take ten minutes on like being in that awesome cave or like I don't know, maybe I think you know, movies certainly have to earn their screen time. Yeah. But pirates is big enough for me where it's almost like an avatar or like an end game where it's like, this is such a big thing. It needs that space. I think to do it, it deserves screen time. So I, I see what you mean, but Mine's... I also don't think I would change that. I, I agree as far as the, the action of it all, the, the size of this, this type of movie for me, it's not as much just pure screen time that's the issue i think it has more to do with the convoluted storyline right of like where are we again like i don't remember why why he's in jail this time or he's free but who's after him that's that's kind of the joy of it is that he's playing against both sides um with johnny depp but um i think it, it might be just people's brains like mine but i i struggle following exactly where we are why we're there yeah. and who's following who yeah, and that's fair. So I want that to be a little I bit more streamlined. I think that could be cleaned up a little. I gave this movie a four and a half. Yeah. Um, I I believe I gave this movie a four. Right. And um, so I think maybe that half star is, you know, maybe a little bit of the story. Yeah. Um, I think it's a near perfect movie, but I think, you know, there's things that could be trimmed, I think. It accomplished, I think, what it I was. I love the writing. After. I think. You know, we talked. I I sent Jake and Sean a YouTube link on how like, kind of a little documentary on how the film was made. So fun to watch. They really put their blood, sweat, and tears into this, and it paid off. Yeah. Um, they're making a haunted mansion movie. They already made that with Eddie Murphy. It was kind of trash. I'm excited, but it has Owen Wilson I'm and hopeful. like it has, uh, Lakeith um Stenfield. Stenfield and some other people in it anyway another theme park attraction ride i think could be very fun i look forward to it if they do it like they did this movie right and that's what i think too you know it's like a classic they don't make them how they used to this is a lot of practical and really good visual effects yeah. for 2003 right the... yeah you get your skeleton pirates and yeah they you can tell that they're a little dated but like for sure but for their time incredible good. and i think that they were they were brilliant with their set pieces and their costumes and everything. Very little CGI. Yeah. Especially for a movie that's this that crazy. It could be a CGI fest. If it were made today, it would be it a CGI It would be, fest. and rightfully so almost. But mm. but part of me, you know, I I think it's hard to say. But yeah. I think there could be more practicality. And I feel like that might swing back. I hope so because I think we're getting a little sick of space fights. I think so too. Um, but this one's a four. I gave How to Train Your Dragon a four and a half. Yeah. I gave How to Train Your Dragon a four. 
Um, so we're so we kind of swapped, but I think we're both happy with the scores. Brilliant Two movies. Two movies we'd certainly recommend. Sequels for me, I like the Pirates movies sequels a little more. Um, I haven't seen the How to Train Your Dragon ones, so I've I seen see them. them. They're not terrible, but they're not near as what charms me about the first one. I'm excited to watch both sequels. Yeah, me too. That is to say, I'm excited to hear what you think about the sequels. Yeah, I'm excited to see them. Um, oh, and I haven't seen like the last ones of the Pirates either, so I might skip. I've out on seen those. the fourth. I haven't seen the fifth. Um, that might be for the we best. we lost Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. It's like so they're and I understand that they're not cap like if they still at least have Captain Jack Sparrow. He's the heart. He's the heart, but they're like the lungs, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> analogy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, those are our thoughts on How to Train Your Dragon and Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, Worth revisiting. I think it'll be a revisit for a lot of people. Right. But I, I, I think it was fun to talk about a couple movies that a lot of people know. Sometimes we have our deep cuts or movies that only like film people watch. Yeah. So I think it's kind of fun every now and then to do a couple blockbusters. Yeah, good ones at that. Um, speaking of movies that film people watch, I think also just in general, anyone should watch these movies. Yes. Um, Sean is our host next week, our main host, that is. And he chose Parasite for, oh. for next week's film. It's a Korean film, one best picture. Highly, highly recommend watching it. And I chose to pair with that The Godfather ever oh heard of it gosh. okay i think that's a brilliant pairing by you guys if you ask anyone on the street what's the best movie of all time those two might be some of the most common answers certainly the godfather and for people who are current more with, recently current parasite. with current with cinema parasite i think everywhere everything ever all at once is getting up in the talks with those two um but of course we've already talked about that one um so yeah we're going to be talking about parasite and The Godfather next week. Give them a watch. Give them a watch. I could not recommend two movies more. Give them a watch. Thanks for listening. And that is Haywood's take on, on Hollywood. Hollywood.